Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. I, I still can't get over, um, we call these bumpers, so between the, you know, the video announcements to me coming up, we call it a bumper, I still can't get over this bumper having a country song on it, because I'm not really a big country music fan. I apologize for all you country music fans out there. Um, did I hear Yeehaw? Did somebody see Yeehaw? Um, well, my name... <laughs> That's one way to start a service, right? Yeehaw. <laughs> well, my name is Pastor Sean. I'm the lead pastor here. And for those of you who are joining us online, thank you for joining us as well. And for those of you here, it's so good to have you. If you are new with us, we're so glad that you're here and pray that you guys will be blessed today. All be blessed today. Uh, today's our last day in Friends in Low Places. So we're, we're going to be closing up this series today. And um, I love... I've loved the idea of this series because I think most of us, and I, I shared with you the first week of this, most of us have this idea of church. When you come to church, what it feels like, what it looks like, what you're supposed to do. Um, and we, and this, it's, it's this idea that you come into this place and you've got your stuff together, right? You got to come in, you got to look the part, you got to do the right things, you got to be proper and religious and all that stuff. And, and as myself and Pastor Sierra and Pastor Jason were, were talking through the series, it's like, we don't, we don't want to build that. We don't want to build something that you come in and feel like you have to be something different or you have to be, you know, put on this pretense of who you are. Like, we are real people that live real lives with real challenges, with real struggles, with real pain, just real life. And there's this idea in this song, you know, Friends in Low Places, like everybody comes around, it's like, yep. We're in a low place, you're in a low place, and there's this like camaraderie, there's this, this feeling that comes with that song that when, when people play it, they just get, it was funny, so uh, to one of the couples here at Press, they were at uh, the Bengals um, preseason game yesterday, they might even be watching, if you're watching, I'm talking about you, you know who, you're you know who it is, uh, they sent me a video of them playing Friends in Low Places at the, at the stadium, and so they sent me this little clip, and everybody's singing, I got friends, and everyone's singing, I don't know, I don't do country music, whatever, you get the idea, but it's like they sent me this, and you got this stadium full of people just, you know, putting their beers up, and just all singing along, we're all together, we're all just, you know, living life, and it's that idea, it's like, I'd love to infuse that. Like, you get to play a part in infusing that in Press Church. That, you know what, we, we're, we're in low places sometimes. We're living life. We're getting through. We're dealing with jobs and school and kids and divorces and breakups and heartache and death and all these different things. It's like, and you have a place here at Press Church that no matter how low you are, we believe in a good God that loves you. And has plans for you. It has purpose for you. And, and we're saying drop the pretense. Drop the facade. Drop the, the idea that you have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. And we're going to get into that more. I don't want to take too much of my content for later. But So this week, if, if you are new with Press Church, every week uh, we get together with the pastors. We hop in the car. We set up some GoPros. And we talk about the message for the day. So let's go ahead and jump in to the car video today. We need a field trip. We could go to a Clippers game. We either go to... 
Diamond Dog Night, or we go. If there's beer and conversation, then there maybe. will be beer and conversation. That's the only thing that's redeeming about baseball. Like I, I go, yeah. and it's like. Diamond Dog Man. Diamond Dog Man. I haven't done that in a couple years. It's been a long time since I've been to Diamond Dog Man. Nothing better than baseball and diarrhea. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how to transition. On that note, what are we, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we talking week? about? Friends in low places, right? Friends in low Friends places. In low. I, you know, it, it's like it's interesting to me that it does that does revolve around the idea of going to this oasis, this bar. Yep. And uh, obviously, we're not advocating, even though it might seem like we're advocating. <laughs> hey, go drown your sorrows in alcohol. Right. right? right. But uh, but it's more the community aspect yes. of you're there with these other people who are also. Uh, you recognize you're struggling, they're struggling. You're all in the same boat together, and you're all commiserating right yes and uh i think that it's interesting that culturally we have a lot of things that where the bar is kind of like the center point right yeah of, of this idea of like people who are struggling coming together and uh like there's a popular song out right now it's a country song called at the end of the bar it's like you know you can find all these why do you know all these country songs CR? i thought you said you know like, i I, I like country. I like country. The... I like country. I'm just very picky, and uh, I do some country production so from time at, to time. At the end of the bar. Yeah. Or end of a bar. End of a bar. Or yeah. The bar? At the end of the bar. Fill yeah. us in. Tell us about this. Well, it's like basically you can solve all your problems. Well, yeah, you can solve some problems. You can find some answers. You can hmm. uh, commiserate with other people. You can find a significant other hmm. or something like that. It's like goes through all through these different things but even if it's not that it's like cheers right right you have this tv yep. series that place built all around this idea of mm. like sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name that's right mm. you want to be at a place where you're known and you can know people yeah that's like that's like inborn in all of us and i think the question then becomes why isn't the church more like that this is but important. Wanna, These are my people. Do and you want to share the good that you're getting out of it with anyone else? Yeah. Is it that good? Right. Hmm. And, and by that, I don't mean because the music is amazing or the, it, you know, it, it's it's such a, the, I remember growing up, they used to say, well, you know, if you go to a great restaurant, you want to tell other people about it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, the church. If it's a like a great restaurant, you want to talk. Well, that just assumes the, the chef is good, the food's good. <laughs> like, I mean, that's all about, you know, what you get out of going to it right. and, you know, yeah. consume. Right. I mean, our music and that guy who speaks every week. He's, he's goofy. Then those goofy videos they do with three guys <laughs> in a car. What's that all about? A bunch of idiots. <laughs> I think people people come to see what ridiculousness is. Going but that's the thing. Soon. It's not about what they come to see. Hmm. It's about who they come to be around. Yeah. Hmm. And that's really like that's what makes the bar a great place. It's. You go and you hang out with your people. Well, are your people at the church? Right. Well, and I think a common thread in in, in the song and the, the cheers thing and stuff like that is like everybody's a misfit. Yeah. Like, and 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 by misfit, it doesn't fit. Like you don't fit. You like the recognition that you're all kind of a bunch of goofballs. And <laughs> led by a bunch of goofballs. Yeah, we've got issues. We've got issues, right? We're, that's the friends in low places yeah. part of things. It's not just a matter of 
um, struggling with something in life, which mm. many of us are, right. and some some aren't right now. Which is right. you can be uplifting to the people who are Great. struggling, yeah, right? Be an encouragement. But it's this recognition that this is an open, welcome place for people who are misfits. Yeah. All right. Sierra just called you guys misfits. Do you guys feel okay about that? Right. So each week in this series, I've mentioned that this is this is a culture building series. Like this is a series that that builds culture, like what we envision at Press Church. Um, that wherever you are coming from, wherever you've been done, that this is a church that can be welcomed, and this is a place that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and this means a lot to me. When, when I was I was thinking about this week, this really means a lot to me because the, the interactions that I have with people, when we talk about church, when we talk about religion or religious things, there's a, there's a lot of pain that comes up. And I hate that. Like, that, that like makes my soul like hurt to hear that something that I love so much, something that I've dedicated my life to at this point has been a place of pain and of hurt and of disconnection and all these different things. And it's like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want this place to be a place where someone's been burned and been hurt. Like, I want this to be a place where they're like, I, I acknowledge my need for Jesus and I want to head towards him and I want to hear about that. I want to grow in my faith. And it's, I feel like we have, again, I mentioned in the beginning, like we have this idea that I just have, I just have to be perfect. I have to have, be a, this morally perfect specimen to be in the church. And, and that's, just, that's just not the case. Um, I, I used to say, I've said this many times, we're okay with people who sin like us. If you sin like me, I'm okay. But if you sin differently than me, now we have a problem, right? If you, you know, if you have the same struggles that I do, yeah, we're working through it, you know, but if you sin differently, well, now you know what the Bible says about that. And so we have this judgmental approach to our faith that we, we lend other people's relationship with God and journey with God and, and this, this process, this journey through our lens, through how I interact with it. And that can be, that can be damaging, and so a lot of people, they don't have a community, they don't have a, a place that they, they can actually learn about God. They can read the Bible together. They can be in community, in, in relationship, and actually learn about the God that we say we, we believe in. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna highlight a few things from this series uh, over the last two weeks. In, in week one, I mentioned something, I said this. I said, the gospel doesn't allow you to elevate yourself. If you were here with us on week one, I said the gospel does not allow you to elevate yourself. When you look at Jesus' ministry, when you look at how he interacted with the people around him, it was usually the religious people that got mad at him. Because all of a sudden, you have this guy, this righteous guy, he's, he's eating with tax collectors and sin, the sinners, right? He's eating and being with the bad people. And I've said this before, I th we, we totally miss the, how extreme this was. We miss the fact that like you eating with somebody, like you spending time like that was a really big deal. And for him to be doing that with the likes of people that were the outcasts, that were the sinners, that were the, like that, I, I, I can't even express to you like how that, that, that's a big deal. And so we look at this, we look at how Jesus is, is interacting with 
with those people. And he was willing to be looked down upon to be with those people. His righteousness, his perfection didn't keep him from going to, to the people that were in their community that were kind of the, the low lives, the others. And so to me, I think it begs the question for, for all of us today is how can we reflect that in our lives? The way that Jesus interacts, how do we reflect that in our lives? And now, you know, you, you've heard, maybe you heard the phrase, like, you, you be Jesus to somebody. Like, we can never fully be Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not this perfect specimen. We're not God. But I still think we can look at what he did and look at the way that he interacted and say, how can I apply these things to my life? How, how throughout my week am I engaging with people who maybe are the lowly? engaging with the people who maybe need somebody to talk to. And, and maybe you're going to look a little awkward or bad for even being in their presence. Can we put our, like, ego aside and do that? Like, that's a, that's a big deal. And what's great is I think this church does a great job of this. Like, we talk about this stuff a lot, and I think we do a great job. I hear so many stories. You know, I felt welcomed. I felt like I could just be, that I didn't have to put on this pretense, I didn't have to put on this religious exterior to be in the presence of you, like, that's great, like, that's good, that's what we want, but I think this idea for us to, to recognize this, like, this is what we want to build, this is what we want to be a part of, of being a place that's like, I'm going to put my ego aside, I'm going to be willing to, to look silly for the gospel, I do it every week. I get up here, I make a fool of myself. I pr I, I've, I've joked about how I'm not the most eloquent person. Um, I, I didn't used to speak. Like, this isn't like, you know, when I was a teenager, I wasn't thinking, man, I, I, I really want to be a pastor and speak every week. That, like, wasn't my life goal. And yet God has this sense of humor to say, yep, you're going to go plant a church during a pandemic, and you're going to have to deal with all that, and then you're going to have to learn how to speak in front of people and talk about this. And I, I love it. And it also freaks me out every time. Like, you guys are all, like, I'm looking at you guys just staring at me. <laughs> like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking of me right now. Is this blanding at all? Like, you guys even enjoying this? Like, why are they here? Why do they come to church? Like, what, what's going on? Like, <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, I, I have a belief. There's something that I believe in that is greater than myself that is worth coming on a stage and having however many people watching online and watching in person just say, you know what, I believe in Jesus and I think that you should too. And, and, and that's, if, if, we could, if we can build a place of that, of just being like, hey, I am who I am. I'm working through stuff. I'm dealing with stuff. But let's, us together, all of us, you may be visiting and be like, I'm probably never coming to this church again. I don't know. But like, you know who you are. If, if press is your place, like you are here, this is what we're building. This is what we want to do. And it's, it's a recognition. It's starting with a recognition of the grace of God. That I can't earn it on my own. I can't do enough on my own. I can't be enough on my own. And so I'm going to be willing to be looked down upon and be looked at silly. Because I know that the gospel of Jesus says that I have a need and I can't fill it on my own. And if I can't fill that on my own, then why am I expecting everybody else to live up to my moral standard to earn this salvation that we said is a gift? Why would I do that? I take no credit. I take no credit. It's God's.
All right, I'm preaching. Whew, here we go. Week two, I'm still, I'm still recapping. This is crazy. All right, week two, we talked about bounded versus centered sets. These are mathematical terms for all you mathematicians out there. Bounded versus centered set. In a bounded set, we talked about how you create a boundary. You, 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 you have, you know, if you, you have to do these sets of things and you get in the boundary, and if you don't do those certain things, you're on the, outs, you're on the outside. And the church has done that a lot. It's like you have to fulfill these certain things. You have to dress a certain way when you come into our, our service or you have to, you know, live, you can't be divorced or you can't have certain, you know, it's like they, they have these boundaries that they create. And the centered set is different in the fact that what matters in the centered set is what's in the middle and your, your um, interaction with that. Are you heading towards it or are you heading away from it? Uh, if, if you're heading away from it, you're, you're getting farther. The proximity doesn't matter as much as what direction are you heading in. And, and we've talked about how, how, you know, again, the church has been kind of a, 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 bounded, uh, a bounded set. Um, and in that bounded set, you, you get the questions of like, well, am I allowed to do this? Right? You, you ask, like, what can you get away with? No one, like, says it like that, but that's what we're really thinking, right? Like, how many drinks can I have before I'm drunk? Or, you know what I mean? Like, is Tipsy drunk? Can I, can I do that and still be in the boundary? Like, if, if, if weed is legalized, like, is that okay? Like, am I allowed to smoke weed if it's legalized or if it's medicinal? Like, and we find all the ways that I can, like, get to the boundary on these, these just moral things, right? What can I do? How close can I get to still be in, to still be safe? And that's, and that's a lot of times what we've done. We've created these, these, these boundaries. And what's crazy is, like we said on the first week, Jesus pushes on those boundaries. I don't know if you remember the story. Jesus goes, and, and he's about to heal this guy on the Sabbath. He's like, am I allowed to heal on the Sabbath? Like, he's talking to the Pharisees, like, well, there's, there's this guy who needs healed, but it's the Sabbath. Am I allowed to do that on the Sabbath? And he heals the guy. It's like, okay, what do you, what do, you do with that? He did something good, but now he's going against your law. He's going against the rules. He's eating with sinners and tax collectors. It's like he's going against the rules. He's breaking these boundaries. So that's, you know, a lot of times we work in that bounded set. With the centered set, the question is, are you, are you heading towards Jesus? We put Jesus at the center. Uh, do you have those slides, Hoffman? So maybe this is a good visual, if you're a visual person. This is the bounded set, all right? You, you, you find, the, you find the, the, the boundary. And you could be like right on the edge on the outside. Nope. You're not in, you're out. And you could be this person. They're right on the edge. They're like, you know, living that, well, kind of, but they're in the boundary, so they're good. What we're talking about is, is building a centered set thing where, where Jesus, the cross, salvation, this is at the center. And the question isn't necessarily how close, but are you heading towards it? There's some of you who have been a Christian for a long time, and you've been, you've been consistently heading towards Christ. That's awesome. That's wonderful. You're, that, that process you're in, that journey you're in, and, and you've seen the Spirit of God work in you, and there's things that you, just, you don't struggle with anymore, and God's changing you. And that's awesome. But there may be somebody like this, this lady out here who, who she's, she's lived a, just a rough life, and she hasn't followed Jesus, but all of a sudden, like, God started poking at her heart, and now she's, she's, her heart's softened, and she's, she's heading towards the cross, but yet she, she doesn't look like this good Christian here. She's still rough around the edges. She still has bad tendencies and, and, and addictions and things, and, and so we look at her like, well, no, 
there's no way that she can be good. But yet, where is she pointing? She's pointing here. She's heading here. She's heading towards Christ. This is, this is our heart here, is we want people to be heading towards the center, towards Christ. Now, now I believe as you, as, you, as you live this out, yeah, God, God's going to be working on you. The Holy Spirit's going to be convicting you. You're going to be having to deal with some stuff, but that's your journey. That's the journey that God has you on. You have to be, uh, you have to be in line with what God is doing in you. What, is, what are the things that God's poking at you like, hey, you need to work on this? Not what your neighbor needs to work on and how they need to work. What do you need to work on? And that's the spirit of God working in you. But, but I don't want to be that person that's like here thinking that I'm all perfect when here's the deal. We're all on the journey. We all need to get better. I, I made a joke like my humanity comes out. I do things that I don't like to do. I still need Jesus. I, every day I need to rest on him. And so that's, that's what we're talking about with this bounded and centered set. How are we building culturally? How are we building a place that we point people towards Jesus, what he has done, the grace that he has given us? We, we talked about Peter's story we, in Acts chapter, I think it was 10. Let me double check that. Yeah, Acts chapter 10. There's a story about Peter having a vision of, of the, the, the cloth coming down and the animals and then him interacting with Cornelius, who was a Gentile. And that was the first time that G, like God's calling out to Peter saying, hey, the gospel's for the Gentiles too. It's not just for the Jews. And so you see this interaction of, of God with Peter and Peter with Cornelius and them seeing that, you know what, the gospel's for everybody. And they start seeing these boundaries starting to be taken away, that you don't have to be a Jew to have salvation in Christ that you don't have to fulfill all these laws that the Jewish people were, you don't have to be circumcised and eat a certain way, like you can be a Gentile and still embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can fill you too and can lead you and guide you in your life. That was week two. I love this quote. I had a quote from last week. Do you have that quote from Mark Baker? The problem's not with having a line which differentiates between the things that are acceptable and unacceptable, but rather how bounded churches use those lines to separate and categorize people in a judgmental way. That's not what we want to do. We don't want to categorize. We don't want to be judgmental. We want to point to, to Christ. He's the one who changes hearts. He's the one who does that inside work. And if we work so hard on like, oh, you acting a certain way, we're, we're, we're missing it. We're missing the gospel. Life's, life's hard sometimes. I, I think we can all, and maybe depending on your age, you, you're not quite feeling it yet, or you think you're feeling it, but then in like, you know, all the people that are older, people are like, oh, we'll just wait till you get to this point, and you're really gonna feel it. It's like, we all have struggles, right? We're all, we're all getting through. We just started a new school year. Some of you guys are in school. Some of you guys are out of school, and you're just like, yep, I'm just in the grind now. I'm just doing my thing. We're all at different phases of life. You got some people who are retired. You got some people who are in high school, like junior high. You got all this wide swath of people. Life can be hard. Life has its challenges. And following God does not keep you from having those challenges. Like, you being a Christian, you putting your faith in Jesus doesn't just mean like, oh, everything's rainbows and butterflies and it's just good. I'm just going to wake up and be happy now and everything's good. It's like, that, 
that's not the case. I mean, just, I mean, you read in Scripture, that's not the case. Uh, and I think we, we, we live in such a transactional culture that we, we really struggle with this idea of how to, how to relate to God, how to interact with God, because we're so transactional. We think that when those bad things come, we think about, oh my gosh, what did I do last week? What did I, oh, did I watch something I wasn't supposed to watch? Did I say, and we think about like, like, it's like karma, like God is punishing you. I hear it all the time when I'm talking to people. They'll talk, well, this bad thing happened, and yeah, it's probably because, you know, I was doing this and that, and, and they think it's just like God, like, mad at them and saying, okay, well, I'm going to punish you because you're good. Like, God is not waiting for you to mess up so that he can, like, put some struggle in your life. Like, we live in a broken world, right? We live in a sinful world. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Go read Ecclesiastes. Like, you'll, you'll get a good picture of just, like, this life can be hard and doesn't make sense at times. And, but, I, but I think as we, we live in this kind of transactional nature, we're, it's like we're uncomfortable not earning something. Let me say it again. We're, we're uncomfortable not earning something. I want to earn it. I, I want it to be me. Don't give me something for free. It's almost like a slap in the face, right? Someone tries to give you something, you're like, all right, what's the catch? What are you going to try to sign me up for later? Or how? It, it like puts you off, right? If somebody just like gives something to you, it's, it's, you don't know what to do with that. And that's the whole foundation of our faith. God's saying, I'm giving you a gift. You can't earn it. You can't do anything to earn it. And you need me. And we're like, okay, so I'm going to try to go to church every Sunday and do all these good things. It's like, okay. Those are great habits. I will never not say, yes, come to church every week. Be around community. Hear about the gospel. Read through scripture. Do good. Love others. You know, the things that the Bible tells you. Do that stuff. But don't think that in doing those things that now all of a sudden, like, God is going to love you more. Or that your salvation is somehow more secure in what you're doing. That's a lie. Your salvation is secure in your faith in Jesus Christ. That's, that's, the, that's the core of this. And as we move on even further, we have, you know, Peter who was talking to, the, to Cornelius and talking about, hey, every, this gospel is for all of us. And what's funny is you push down uh, further into the scriptures and you see a, a really interesting interaction. I want to share in Galatians chapter 2. You know, Peter had been helping breaking down some of those boundaries of who's in and who's out, who can have, who can have the gospel, who can have the, this Holy Spirit in them. And then fast forward to a letter to the Galatians from Paul. And, and we see Paul say this, but when Peter came to Antioch, this is, again, fast forward a little bit, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But after, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. 
When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners. I love that. He's like, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have followed the, uh, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. The very person who, who, was, who, who had went to the Gentiles and was like, hey, this is for you, now is falling back into this old way of, like, doing the right thing. Like, looking the right way to the right, the right people. This works-based salvation. The very person who started this and, like, went to the other apostles and said, like, hey, guys, we need to go to the Gentiles. Like, this is for everybody. Now he's falling back into, I'm going to live out the law. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm, it's going to be on me. And I love that Paul is like, I called him out to his face. I called him out. There was a... Um, there was an interview, and you, you, you might have heard it. In the last couple of days, um, there was a story. The actor, uh, Shia LaBeouf, if you guys know that actor, he was in, like, the Transformers movies, things like that. He's working on a new movie, but anyways, in this movie, he plays a Catholic priest. And in the process of him going through this, he's actually uh, has con- converted to Catholicism. Like, he is recognizing his need for God. Like, um, and he was interviewing with uh, it's Bishop Robert Barron. There's a YouTube video. It's about an hour and 20 minutes or so. It's a very, very interesting watch. But to hear him talk about kind of his conversion story, that in, in taking this job and in, in converting, like the things that happened to, to get him to where he was there, and he was, it's, it's a beautiful story. And it's talking about this just authentic people coming around him. He was doing research. So he was going to these different places and researching uh, the Catholic faith and all these different things. And these people just coming around him and just loving him. And to get nothing in return, they weren't asking for, for signatures or anything like that. They were just loving him. And he noticed that over time, like, his heart was just getting softened. Like something was happening. He got into this thinking, oh, I've got another movie, I've got another thing. He had a lot of some, a lot of life issues. I'm not going to get into all the stuff he was working through. But it's like, he was, his heart was truly being softened by God. And, and the people around were just, were just loving him. They weren't like, hey, that thing you did a couple years ago, that was pretty shady. Why are you doing that? They weren't saying, hey, do you believe all this stuff that we believe to be around us? Like, they weren't, they weren't saying that. And what I think was so, so um, amazing, and I think this, this at the heart of the, the gospel, is he got to a point that he felt God saying, let go. He, he got to that point, and he just felt God saying, let go. And so I think that's great for all of us today. Can you let go? Can you let go of the, maybe the pomp and circumstance of being religious? Can you let go from having to earn it on your own? 
can you let go of, of trying to be everything to everybody and then expecting the same in return from others? Can you let go of having to control other people and them following Christ? Can you let go? I think the question, how can we lead the way in, lead, in living a life that's recognizing the grace that we've been given? Can, can, we, let, can we let go of this earn, 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 be good enough, be good enough, and just rest in God's grace and love for you? And then when we do that, we spread it. We spread it to other people. We, we live that out to others. That is the series, Friends Low Places. I need something. I've been given a, a great gift from God that I can't, that I can't earn, and I want to share that with everybody else. That's what I want to see at press. That's what I want us to be living in our weeks in the days after a Sunday morning when the facades are down and we're in the workplace or at home, living out the grace that we've been given. I said at the beginning, we're real people with real problems, real struggles, real pains. And yet we can play a part in helping other people through this life. Not saying, hey, do better but trust something bigger. Trust something bigger than yourself. I might be in a low place, but I've got faith in something bigger than myself. Casey, you can come up. We're gonna be taking communion together. I think it's a great way to close out this series. I think that you know, in, in thinking about the elements and thinking about communion and what it means to us, there's something beautiful about the fact that we can all come, no matter where you are, and we can, and we can take these elements together. And, and this, you know, the way we've got, we've got our little wafer, we've got the, the juice, but it's like these elements signify and point to something bigger than ourselves. When we take these elements, we are acknowledging the fact that we have a need that I can't fulfill on my own. A need that no matter how good I try and no matter how morally right I am, it's still, it's still not good enough. And I need what this represents. That I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again for me so that I can have grace, so that I can have a future, that I can have a hope in him, something bigger than myself. And when you think about it, the night that they, that Jesus sat with his disciples, you know, Judas was there with them. The, the guy that's about to betray Jesus, like, and Jesus knowing that, like, you've got just imperfect people around this table, and Jesus knew it. And yet, together, they still, they still ate together, they still drank together. And so wherever you are today, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, this, this symbolizes 
so much. And I think we can miss it. I think we can just go through the motions of taking the bread and, and drinking the, the juice or wine, whatever you have you know, at home. If you're with us, hopefully you have some elements with you. But we can miss how important this is to us. And, and Jesus knew. It's like he knew, hey, you need to remember this. You need to remember what I did for you so that you can remember no matter where you are in life, no matter what has happened, your salvation, your hope is not in yourself, it's not in what you've done, it's in me, in your faith in me. That's what this represents for us. That's what the elements represent. A God that loves you so much, that was willing to go through so much for you, and now I can have hope, I can have confidence, that I have a future, that God loves me. So let's take the elements together. Let's take the, the bread, the cracker, the wafer. She said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Remember that. Remember what this signifies, him, his body breaking for you. Let's take it in remembrance. That same night, they took the cup. He said, this is my blood, which has been shed for you. So let's take this and celebrate what this means for us today. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your grace in our lives. I thank you that no matter what happens, no matter how bad I mess up, that I can come back to you, I can fall on my knees, fall on my face, and recognize the fact that I need you. And I pray that each of us today, no matter where we are, maybe some, somebody in this room is still like, I don't know what I think about this Jesus guy if I believe. No matter where they are, God, I pray that your spirit would be tugging at all of our hearts. It's only through your spirit in our lives that, that we can do any of this. God, give us faith. May your spirit lead us and guide us. May Pressed Church be a place that, that comes along people no matter how of a low place they're in and that we can continue to point people to you. And we can point people to you, God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for who you are. We love you so much. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm gonna invite you to stand and join us as we continue the time of worship. <laughs>